0: morning and happy Sabbath. So today is a bit of a uh, special day in that normally we just have uh, church service, we have discussion time afterwards, and uh, basically we just run church service. But today we're doing communion, and for those of you, um, for some of you, this may be the first time that you're experiencing communion. And um, in the Bible... Jesus kind of gave this ceremony to remind us of, um, of salvation, to remind us of forgiveness, and to remind us of service. And so today, I want to share a short thought on the meaning of communion. And um, as we partake of um, the different emblems, um, we just want to give your mind something to be able to meditate on and think about as you participate in this special ceremony. I just realized, James, I don't have a clicker. snag that from you. Thank you. So today, um, I just wanted to share with you um, a sermon entitled uh, Communion, a Call to Serve. Communion, a Call to Serve. And so, if you have your white Bibles, I'm going to invite you to turn to Luke chapter 22. It's page 847. Luke chapter 22, page 847. And this is uh, nearing the end of Jesus' life. He has one more meal to share with his disciples before he is crucified. And it's at this meal where it's kind of a solemn time and Jesus is trying to share different words of encouragement to his disciples because he knows that they're really going to struggle with the fact that he's going to die. And so he's really trying to savor every last moment he has with these 12 special individuals. And what happens is, during this meal, as opposed to them understanding and savoring every last moment they have with Jesus, they start arguing about who's going to be the greatest. And I kind of imagine what the conversation looked like. Judas is thinking, you know what? I take care of the finances. I'm the smartest. So I'm going to be the greatest. And Basically, Peter's kind of like, no, 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 no. Like, you don't have the confidence and you don't have the social charisma. I'm going to be the greatest. And if you think about this argument, think about Jesus. He is the most powerful person on planet Earth. He can raise the dead. He can heal the sick. He can uh, create or multiply food from nowhere. He can Pull money out of animals, out of fish. Like every major human need that we could possibly have, Jesus can provide. And so here the disciples thinking, we're, we're in the inner circle of this powerful, powerful teacher, master, Lord. And so now they're kind of thinking, Jesus is going to do something significant on earth. And when that something happens, we're going to be a part of it. And so they start arguing over who's going to be Jesus' COO. And as the disciples are jockeying for position, Jesus gives one of the purest definitions of leadership and greatness. And I want to read that with you. If you can join me in verses 25 to 27. The Bible says, In this world, the kings and great men lord it over the people, yet they are called friends of people. And uh, in the New Living Translation or in these white Bibles, it says friends of people. But if you look at the original word, it's they are called benefactors. And the translation is or or the definition of benefactor is simply those who do good. But among you, it will be different. Those who are the greatest among you should take the lowest rank. And the leader should be like a servant. Who is more important, the one who sits at the table or the one who serves? The one who sits at the table, of course, but not here, for I am among you as one who serves. So here in this brief teaching, Jesus highlights a couple pitfalls of the world's definition of greatness and position The first one is that position and power can lead to corruption and oppression. So those who should be benefactors or those who do good lord their positions over the very people that they're supposed to serve. See, positions and status have a funny way of making us feel entitled. I am successful, therefore I deserve respect. I am wealthy, therefore I deserve respect comfort. I'm allowed to act how I want because I've paid for this service. There's something about seeking and maintaining position, power, and status that makes us forget about the needs of others. Interior Castle has this interesting quote. She says, the devil sometimes puts ambitious desires into our hearts so that instead of setting our hand to the work which lies nearest to us, and thus serving our Lord in ways within our power, we may rest content with having desired the impossible here. Jesus says, the world has a way to define greatness, but I want you to be different. Um, a little while ago, Jinhao was offered a promotion. It's like, whoa, promotion, this is a big deal. Increase in in salary, increase in power and respect and oh this would be amazing i wouldn't have to work anymore and i remember talking to jinha we kind of had like this family meeting it was me Jinha, and her dad and um, her dad was with us so we were just kind of like hey come join this conversation and her first first response is i don't want to do this and i kind of look at her i'm like why not like this is this is this could be a pretty good pretty cool thing and she basically says look our family is really young. Our kids are really young. Our church plant is really young. Like, it isn't, it is, it just overall, it's not a good thing. Like, there are things that I believe God wants me to do as a mother, as a pastor, as an individual. And this position is going to make things harder and worse rather than better. It kind of really um, impacted me in the sense of like, oh man, like, sometimes in ministry, it's kind of like, man. It's, Make it to the top. I'm going to be the GC president, you know? And here is this humble mother and humble pastor who's saying, you know what? I'm a woman, and at the same time, it's not something that I need. Like, what God has put in my hands right now is important to me. Jesus flips the paradigm of power. The more you get, the more you give. Jesus' example of service provides an example of true greatness. Join me in verse 28 in your Bibles. You have stayed with me in my time of trial. And just as my Father has granted me a kingdom, I now grant you the right to eat and drink at my table in my kingdom. And you will sit on thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Jesus promised his disciples positions of power in his kingdom and the first point that i covered may have given the impression that as christians we should shun positions of power and responsibility but here jesus says that status and power are a good as long as the purpose of power is prioritized authority responsibility and influence require a heart for service and not only the desire for status. When we look to politicians, we want them to serve the people, not just their own interests. When we look to our managers at work, we want managers to benefit the companies they work for and the employees they manage, rather than just prioritizing their own personal careers. The wealthy and those that have a chance to gain should care for those who have needs and are not able to gain. So in God's kingdom, the greatest entitlement for success is the ability to give. The greatest entitlement of success is the ability to give and to serve. Turn with me in your Bibles to John chapter 13. And we're going to read verses 3 to 7. John chapter 13, verses 3 to 7. This is another account of that supper. For those of you who have your white Bibles, it's page 866. John chapter 13, reading verses 3 to 7. Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything and that he had come from God and would return to God. So he got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, and poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with a the towel he had around him. When Jesus came to Simon Peter, Peter said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you don't understand now what I'm doing, but someday you will. Communion reminds us of the duty that privilege brings. Communion reminds us of the duty that privilege brings. In this passage, it says that Jesus received all authority from God. Can you imagine God, the king of the universe, comes to you and says, you now get to control everything. What's the first thing that you're going to do? And the first thing that Jesus does is he grabs a towel and a basin, fills it with water, and he starts washing the disciples' feet. Power and privilege brings about a sense of responsibility and duty. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2 gives us into the mind of Christ. And though Jesus is symbolically, though he's washing his disciples' feet, there's a symbolism that's attached to that service. And here it kind of breaks down the more implication of that symbolism. Hebrews 12, verses 1 and 2 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, Let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily traps us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor God's throne. It's easy to enjoy the benefits of privilege and shun the responsibilities of privilege, but this ceremony, communion, it reminds us of Jesus. The responsibility of of being God brought Jesus joy, even though that responsibility put him on the cross. See, benevolence is what drove Jesus to serve and to give. He is a friend of people. He's a benefactor. He is one who gives. And communion reminds us of the unchanging love of God. And when it's received, it can bring about an incredible change in us. It can cause us to give and to love and to serve. Communion is a reminder that God offers eternity to you. And in doing so, may we learn to give to those around us. We're going to go through a few emblems the first thing that we're going to do is we're going to wash one another's feet and that act of washing one another's feet is that symbolic gesture of saying I am here to serve you and so Um, After that, we're going to come back into this room, and we're going to partake of some emblems, and Jin will explain these emblems. Um, In our church, we practice open communion, and that means anybody who is a follower of Christ can participate uh, in communion. Uh, Sometimes this ceremony may seem a little uncomfortable, so for those of you who may not want to participate, feel free to just have a seat in the room. We're going to have some music, and there will be some uh, Bible verses on the screen um, to Allow you to just kind of have some thoughtful meditation and so for those of you who would like to join us. uh, I believe the um, The wash basins are on the outside. Uh, We encourage you to partner up with somebody and um, And to participate with us uh, in this ceremony
1: Limbs. And um, there was that video earlier that showed Jesus right before his death having the Last Supper with disciples. And um, these are symbols of the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. And so I'm just going to read for you. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, it says in verse um, 23 For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread. And gave thanks to god for it then he broke it in pieces and said this is my body which is given for you do this in remembrance of me and so at this time i'm going to ask our helpers to come up when they come just take one piece of the bread and just hold on to it when everyone has had a piece then i will pray for the bread and then together um, we will uh take of it together and in in prayer, So. Uh, Everyone received a peace. Let's just bow our heads for prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have given Jesus Christ to die for us so that instead of paying the consequences of our own sins, we get to live in freedom from sin and we get to have eternal life. We recognize that your body was broken for us. We recognize that the Trinity was broken for us, that when you died on the cross, um, you sacrificed so much more than we'll ever realize. But Father, we also recognize that because of your sacrifice, we get to live a new life. And so as we take this bread, we take in faith that your sacrifice is more than enough for us, not only to forgive us of all our sins, but to enable us to live a new life of purpose, a new life of meaning and fulfillment, a life that is devoted to you. And so, Father, we thank you for your sacrifice, and we thank you that we get to to live this new life in you. We pray in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. And please take the bread in contemplation of what Jesus has done for you. after Jesus had taken the bread and passed it around, he also took a cup of wine after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this to remember me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. And so at this time, I'm going to ask Galen and Janelle to come up. Does everyone receive theirs? Just as with the bread, this cup is a symbol of Jesus' blood and his sacrifice on the cross. um, And it represents this cleansing that we get to experience. um, And so if everyone has received it, let's have a word of prayer. Father God, we thank you that we get to experience new relationships, that when we accept you as our Savior, we declare you the Lord of our relationships, our time, our resources. And we thank you that now we can love one another and forgive each other and see each other with new eyes to treat each person as a brother and sister, to treat each person with the respect and dignity that you have created them to have. And so Father, I pray that as we take this cup, we accept what it means to live as a disciple of Christ, that we accept the privilege of being able to love not just those who are lovable, but even the unlovable. And Father, we also accept with this cup the, the symbol of suffering that it was for you. The Father, that as a Christian, that we may have to suffer as well. Perhaps from being different from the world, or perhaps just because we live in a sinful world where there's so much trouble. Um, But Father, whatever suffering comes our way, may we accept it with grace, knowing that you are with us and that you will enable us to get through it. And so Father, we take this cup now, accepting what you've done, knowing that your grace is sufficient for our weakness, and that until you come again, we're going to be able to walk with you and follow you, And when you come again, and when we have that feast in heaven, and we share this cup again with you, Father, may that reunion um, be something that we live for, and that the hope of that second coming burn in our hearts every day, Lord. We pray in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. just hold on to your cups, we'll we'll collect it at the end. You know, communion is sometimes seen as a very solemn and serious event, and it is, it is a solemn event, But it's also a joyful time because it represents how Jesus has forgiven us um, and washed away and wiped away all the guilt and all the things that, you know, were in our hearts. So it's actually an incredibly freeing experience. And so we're going to be singing a closing song, um, Amazing Grace, the, the version that has that chorus that talks about my chains are gone right? The the experience of freedom we get to have in Jesus. And so uh, we're just going to ask you to stand as we have our closing song. And then after the closing song, um, before we have prayer, we're going to do something special. And so um, I don't know if you know, but my husband, who's uh, who's also the pastor here, Roy, um, his membership has gotten lost somewhere between all the churches he's been at. So we're actually going to have a profession of faith today um, where we accept Roy into the fellowship of our church and the Seventh-day Adventist Church um, to make it official because the goodness is he's also been approved for ordination. And so we need to get that done before we can have our ordination service as well. Um, so we're going to sing and then we're going to vote him into membership. So if there's anything that you have against Roy, come talk to me in the back now. <laughs>